Here's the deal. People, and I mean all people, need structure. They will thrive when there are clear processes and priorities. And this includes your children, your grandchildren, your coworkers, and yes, your employees. Without structure and clarity, chaos is created. And chaos breeds conflict. This is the Leadership on the Rocks podcast, where we equip and empower leaders like you to thrive in and create harmony between your professional and personal lives. I'm your host, Bethany Reese, and in today's episode, we're going to learn about essential rock number three, systems and processes, because without them, you'll have nothing but chaos and conflict. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. I may not say that phrase as well as Dorothy Gale did in The Wizard of Oz, but we all have heard that famous line. From the moment the chaotic tornado knocked her unconscious to the second she mumbled this phrase and clicked her heels, Dorothy longed to get back to her family because that's where Annie M and Uncle Henry were. And even if we've never ridden a tornado to the magical land of Oz, we all want something just like Dorothy, the Tin Man, the Cowardly Lion, and the Scarecrow. Most people want peace, clarity, and the structure that provides both of them because most people are not fans of chaos and conflict. Like Dorothy, some working adults wish for the comforts of home because they hate the chaos of their work, where they feel like they're being chased by a powerful wicked witch boss and picked at by flying monkeys of manager minions. Yet for others, their home life is filled with chaos. So instead of saying there's no place like home, they say there's no place like work, and then they stay late. <laughs> so what kind of feeling comes up in the pit of your stomach when I ask you about your home life or your work life? Do you have chaos and conflict in one or both of those areas of your life? Conflict is usually born out of chaos, and chaos at home and at work is usually born out of a lack of clarity and structure. But a lack of clarity and structure at work and at home is just the external problem that we complain about. If we dive deeper into our chaotic lives, the internal problem that's causing the chaos and conflict is that people tend to play the victim role when things aren't going well. We play the blame game by making someone else the villain who's choosing to make our lives miserable while we sit here helpless, forced to live in the chaos We tell our story of misery to anyone that'll listen, and we look for confirmed bias in our conversations and social media posts, and we paint the picture of our plight as the victim of chaos. But wait, there's more to this problem. (laughs) We have shared, heard, and tolerated these stories of victims of chaos so much that it's becoming the norm to always play the victim and accept the status quo of chaos. (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) People acting like they have no power in their circumstances? Honestly, y'all, this makes my blood boil because you always have a choice in how you respond to circumstances. Understand that accepting the status quo is the enemy to progress. And just so we have a common understanding, status quo is defined as the existing state of affairs or how things are right now. So now let me say this again. Accepting the status quo is the enemy to progress or moving forward towards our destination. You know, our vision for a better future, if you will. 
So whether you're accepting the, oh, that's just how he is statement, or that's just the way things are here statement, know that you have chosen to kill forward progress because you're accepting the status quo. So here's a thought for you. Don't play the victim. Where you believe you have no power in a situation and you're forced to accept the status quo, too many leaders in businesses and leaders in families are playing victims to the current circumstances around them. They see the chaos and yet they allow it to continue. So don't play the victim. Instead, be the hero. Every good story or movie has a hero that wants to change his circumstances but struggles to do so. That is until the moment of resolve and determination that overcomes him. I love that part of the movie. And they step into their role as the hero. They implement the plan and they accomplish the mission and restore the peace. In our homes and places at work, we have too many people playing the victim and not enough leaders stepping up to be the hero. Heroes accept the challenges before them, come up with a plan, solve the problem that's keeping them from accomplishing their mission, and they restore order and peace to those around them. Or as Jocko, and I love Jocko, said in one of his infamous podcasts and YouTube videos, when you're faced with challenges, good. Now, I don't have his deep voice. You got to watch that video. I'll put it in the show notes. Unexpected problems, Jocko says, good. You have the opportunity to figure out a solution. When things are going bad, don't get all bummed out, get startled, don't get frustrated. If you can say the word good, guess what? It means you're still alive. Thank you, Jocko, for those amazing words of wisdom. So heroes and leaders alike know how to implement essential rock number three, systems and processes, or the plan, if you will, in order to provide clarity and structure needed to defeat problems and chaos in order to accomplish the mission and restore the peace. And looking back at the essential rocks we want to build our life and leadership on, let's make sure that we look at them through the eyes of a hero in a movie. In the backstory, you have a hero who wants something, but faces all kinds of challenges in getting what she wants. She has to come to terms with essential rock number one, her identity and what she's made of. And then she has to come to the strong determination of what her mission is, or essential rock number two, her purpose. And then she develops essential rock number three, a plan of systems and processes that will allow her to overcome problems and chaos and actually fulfill her mission. With essential rock number three, implementing systems and processes, leaders are able to establish clarity and structure to everyone involved so that the mission or the essential rock number two of purpose can actually be accomplished. Don't be the victim to chaos at work and at home. Be the hero that finds a solution by building your life and leadership on essential rock number three, systems and processes. Are you ready to kill chaos by implementing essential rock number three? Good, let's roll. Y'all, whether at work or at home, environments of chaos breed anxiety, stress, conflict, and burnout. Chaos left unattended because its status quo is accepted will cause relationships to dissolve, people to quit, results in profits to die off, and it will burn your figurative house down. Here's the deal. People, and I mean all people, need structure. They will thrive when there are clear processes and priorities. 
This includes your children, your grandchildren, your coworkers, and your employees. Without structure and clarity, chaos is created and chaos breeds conflict. Having run various programs and organizations that had hundreds and even, honestly, thousands of stakeholders, I've learned the skill of developing systems and processes in order to provide clarity and structure for success of the mission or purpose. And a bonus lesson (laughs) from serving that many stakeholders is how to make those systems and processes not only, one, focus on the most critical elements of the mission, but two, be simple enough to get hundreds and thousands of people to actually follow them. And you can learn those skills too. So here's the plan we're going to talk about today. First, you have to identify the gaps. Second, you need to define your systems. Third, you need to develop simple standardized processes. And fourth, you need to train and refine. So let's get started with step number one, identify the gaps. And first, I want to start with refreshing our memories on growing our influence and impact through the five domains. Because if ignored, (laughs) they will be the fatal flaw that will sink your ship. Your leadership, that is. As a leader at home or a leader at work, you obviously want to make a positive impact on your family or your team in order to accomplish your mission, right? And with your family, it's the mission of raising great kids. And at work, it's the mission of serving your stakeholders well, but also growing your profits. But, and here's the caveat. You cannot make a positive impact or progress without working through the five domains of impact. So in step one, in providing clarity and establishing structure to overcome chaos and conflict, you have to recognize the gaps that you, your family, and your organization have within the five domains of impact, and you have to work to fill those gaps. So the five domains of impact are, just as a refresher, self, relationship, culture, organization, and community. So looking at the hero in a movie, our hero has to do the work internally to know what he needs to overcome in order to step into who he is to save the day. He needs to build trust with his people on his team, and he needs to define the identity of the culture of who his team is and how they will work together so that they'll actually join him on his mission. Now, since we're talking specifically about impacting your family and your work organization, in order to defeat living in the status quo of chaos, we're going to stick to the first three domains, self, relationships, and culture. As we walk through them, I want you to reflect on where the gap is that you have or your organization or your family has in self, relationships, and culture. Because the gaps you have in the first three domains of impact will determine the severity of the chaotic cancer growing in your home or in your workplace. And you can't provide the clarity and structure required without first checking the overall health of people, relationships, and culture that you're working with. So now, as we talked about in episodes 13 and 14, there are five specific domains of impact in which all leaders must work through to grow their influence for positive change. Without building enough influence to cascade from one domain to the next, (laughs) You are not going to have any influential authority whatsoever (laughs) to create positive change within your family or your team. In other words, you can have the best ideas on how to raise great kids or solve your industry's problems, but without being a humble, loving person that builds great relationships with others and is intentional on creating a positive culture at home and at work, nobody, (laughs) and I mean nobody, will care about your ideas. And for sure, no one will implement them. 
it doesn't matter the chaos you're in. And it doesn't even matter whether or not you created it, you inherited it, you married into it, or you were hired into it. You always have to start with the domain of self. Remember, victims say, well, I didn't cause the chaos. Someone else did. But you're not a victim. You're the hero. You are the leader. So the domain of self requires that you know thyself and you grow thyself. It requires a massive dose of humility to look for any kind of ownership into the chaos everyone is experiencing. And again, you may not not have even created the chaos to begin with, but you have to now own it because it's your problem to solve. So you need the humility and vulnerability to address the elephant in the room. And as you take ownership, watch your angry teenager and your disgruntled employee pause with disbelief. You have been the villain in their heads for so long that they'll be taken aback by their enemy that's taking ownership of their disgruntledness. So the domain of relationship comes next, and it requires that you focus on seeing, hearing, and seeking to understand people first. People don't care what you know until they know you care. So be authentic, be real, and spend time investing in your relationships whether it's watching your kid play his favorite video game or getting to know more about an employee's family, invest the time in building relationships with others. Next is the domain of culture, and that requires that you are intentional in rallying your family or your team around common beliefs, values, and behaviors. Together, define who you are as a family or as a team. Talk about the norms for how we as a family or how we as a team will behave and work. And if you're not intentional in defining the norms for, as Seth Godin would say, people like us do things like this, then the chaotic and negative culture already established will continue to grow and it will kill off any initiative you have for progress. Remember this quote by Peter Drucker and post it wherever you can be reminded of it daily. Culture eats strategy for breakfast. So if you haven't cultivated positive relationships and fostered a positive culture, No new initiative or strategy, system, or process will survive, no matter how many problems it could potentially solve. I cannot emphasize this enough. The five domains of impact are always at play, at home and at work. Unless you have put in the work of growing yourself and taking ownership of the current chaos, you will struggle to build positive relationships. Without building positive relationship with your spouse, children, employees, co-workers, or stakeholders, no one will want to hear and they definitely won't respect what you have to say. And without creating a positive culture that is defined and has buy-in for common beliefs, values, behaviors, and honestly our ways of engaging with each other, your family and your team will not be willing to adopt and follow through with your systems and processes. So now let's get to step two. Step two in providing clarity and establishing structure to overcome chaos and conflict within creating those systems and processes is that you actually need to define the systems needed. Systems are the core whole elements needed to accomplish your purpose or your mission. They represent the how of doing the work. Systems are then made up of parts called processes or the what of doing the work, which we're going to talk about in a minute. So in step two, You need to define what major systems are needed so that your family and your organization can accomplish its mission. Systems are the critical, critical how pieces of the mission. 
for your family and organization. And without them, there is going to be no clear path to success. So let's go back and visit our hero in our movie. The hero in our movie knows that in order to sneak into the bad guy's hideout to accomplish his mission of saving the hostage, he needs the systems of intelligence, surveillance, comms, and supplies. These are the critical areas of need that's going to allow him to accomplish his mission. Now at work, you're probably not saving a hostage from a bad guy, but you are on a mission of some kind. So think about your industry or your team's mission and what that is. In order to accomplish that mission, what are the most essential elements required to produce results? Think about that. Now I want to walk you through a few examples. So let's think about the healthcare industry. And the healthcare industry's mission usually has something to do with providing patient-centered healthcare with excellence in quality service and access. They need systems to provide a clean and safe environment, learning and implementing best practices in diagnosis and care, providing accurate documentation and communication, and providing patient customer service. Oh, and let's not forget the handling of financial and insurance sides of their business. That's probably the one that would give me the biggest headache. (laughs) But that's a system that needs to be in place because it's critical to what they do. So now let's take a look at the retail industry. What systems would they need? Well, I'm thinking they would need systems around inventory management, customer service, maybe even employee scheduling because a lot of our lovely teenagers work in the retail industry and they might need something with sales and commerce. And so now let me go back home, the education industry. They need systems around safety, classroom management, curriculum design, instructional methods to meet the needs of all learners and professional development. So I want you to think about your industry and I want you to think about your team. Define what most essential elements are needed to accomplish your mission. Those are the systems that you need to design. Now, defining systems for a family, honestly, that's probably a new concept to you and that may be a little hard to grasp. So let me explain by using my own family as an example. In my family, our mission, (laughs) and yes, we have a family mission statement. Our family mission is to live a life of integrity that is intentional and authentic. So in other words, our goal as parents is to raise our children to have integrity in all circumstances, to be thoughtful and deliberate in their decisions, and to be confident in who God made them to be. So our family systems are focused around five critical areas, faith, relationships, planning, chores, and fun. We have a system around building our faith in Jesus, and it's the most foundational part of our mission. We are intentional in having family time together to grow our relationships. We have family meetings that focus on planning our year and our family events. We all do chores together, (laughs) and yes, we all have chore lists. And then finally, we, we focus on fun in almost everything that we do. So systems are the pillars that are going to hold up your family and your team together as you work to accomplish your mission. Without their stability, your house is going to fall. So know the systems or the most essential elements that your family and your team needs in order to be successful. The third step in providing clarity and establishing structure to overcome chaos and conflict is you need to develop simple and standardized processes that are sustainable. If systems are the whole or the how, then processes are the parts or the what of the structure. It's the method, the plan, the actual doing of the work. 
Within each system, there can be a ton of processes to choose from, but they all need to link together to fulfill the requirement of the system. So the process is the detailed structure of what people are expected to do within the larger system. And processes, or again, the structure of the what, can change depending on the situational details or the evolution of technology. Without clarity of role and a clear structure or a plan, chaos is going to win. And conflict will quickly pop up and start spreading like a cancer. So listen up. The military is a great example. The military is built around structure and clarity of roles. And why is that? Well, I think it's because all of their missions take place amidst chaos and crisis. The military needs their soldiers to know their role and the structure, the process, the plan, and then follow it without fail in order to accomplish the mission of protecting lives and ensuring freedom. Like a military general would never take his troops into battle without a structure and a well-thought-out plan, do not take your team through a project or initiative without providing clarity and establishing structure. And do not take your kids through their childhood without clarity of a plan and implementation of structure on how you're going to raise them with the faith and skills needed to function as an adult. So going back to our hero in our movie, if he and his team went into the building with all guns ablazing and no plan, chances are he would lose a lot of good people and then also sab sabotage the mission. He needs his team to know, for example, what protective gear to wear, what weapons to take, and how to work as a team to provide you know, cover for each other as they enter the building. Again, without a clear plan that provides structure around everyone's job during the recovery process, the hero would lose a lot of good people and, again, sabotage the mission. So while there are many processes that a hero, a parent, or a team will use under each system, they need processes that can do two things. One, standardize <laughs> so it's implemented with fidelity by all people. Two, be simple enough that it can be understood by all people and is sustainable. And y'all, we are so good at over-engineering processes. It does not have to be hard. Make it simple. What does it take to do the job? Simplify it. And you know, the reason that you need standardization and simplification is so that ultimately the processes can make the system successful so the overall mission can be fulfilled. The processes under each system should be considered like an instructional manual of how to do the work in order for the system to thrive. So for example, every industry has a need for a financial system. And the financial system is critical because it shows how the business is doing concerning profit and stewardship of funds. However, there are several different processes or ways a business can submit, organize, and report on their financials. They can choose from various accounting software programs so that they have a standardized way for employees to submit purchase orders or requests for funds. They have different requirements and approval levels for various levels of employees that will utilize different parts of that software. The business will have, I don't know, various approval processes for spending funds, and maybe they'll develop an audit process to ensure all finances are used and reported correctly. And that's just four processes that I just came up with off the top of my head within the larger financial system. I'm sure there's many more, but you've got to have a process for how you're going to run the system of finance. Now, an example on the home front, I'm going to go back to my family. Remember how we built systems around five areas, faith, relationships, planning, chores, and fun? 
For faith, we do several things. We go to church, we serve at church, we belong to small groups, we pray as a family, we do individual Bible studies. For family time and relationship building, we eat dinner at the table at least four nights a week, right? We go to each other's events. <laughs> and my teenager that's a senior, he, he's bought into this. We don't skip out on games. He, he goes to his younger sister's games and tournaments and practices. We all go to support each other. We go camping. We used to have a Friday night movie night where we pulled out the mattress in the living room. Well, with the age of our children, that process has changed. But we've developed new ones that still fit that need. For planning, we have family meetings that focus on planning our year and our events. We have, and it's one of my favorite things, we have a yearly family retreat where we go over our family vision, mission, and core values. We set family goals and individual goals, and we provide uh, feedback to each other. (laughs) Our kids love providing feedback on our parenting, let me tell you. And we have our kids map out their school projects, and they make packing lists. Sometimes we have one-time processes that we implement. So for example, this one just recently. So this summer, I'm taking my daughter and my niece to Branson, Missouri. So I told them, you know what? You're going to plan the trip. I gave them budget guidelines and insights on, hey, by the way, did you know if you stay at a hotel with a free breakfast, that that can free up funds for having more fun? And I am very happy to report (laughs) that not only did they develop a whole itinerary that has us going to the Titanic Museum and Silver Dollar City, but they learned a lot of skills about planning through that process. And yes, we're staying in a hotel with a free breakfast and a bowl. (laughs) So another system that we had was working chores, right? And the goal of that system is to teach our children the value of work. But it's also important to us that we want to model what good work looks like. So one process we have is creating chore to-do lists, and everybody gets one. I get one, my husband gets one, our children get one. And you can see what every person's responsible for, including us. We cook together, and (laughs) uh, we even have roles when we cook. We have a head chef, a sous chef, and then the other two have to clean the dishes afterwards. And yes, there are clear expectations as to quality control for what clean dishes and a clean room looks like. So for fun... We have music playing almost every second we're home, and music tends to lead to singing, to dancing, and it always lightens the mood. So Snow White, honestly, she had it right. Girl, had it right. Whistle while you work. (laughs) We are intentional in playing games and letting our children choose fun activities that we do, and there's just honestly a lot of game playing and laughter in our house. My point with sharing all of that about my family is that you can be intentional in having systems and processes to provide structure for your family as well. It's not just a workplace best practice. It can be done at home too. So I have to be honest, the intentional planning and designing of clear, simple, standardized processes that are sustainable is the major weak link in most organizations and families. Every business wants to grow profits while providing quality service, but they don't develop a strategy or a process to actually work towards that mission. Without structure, there will be chaos. You cannot go into a mission hoping for the best. Oh, I hope this works out. I hope we reach our goal. You have to be intentional in planning for the best. Develop clear processes and structures so people know what they are expected to do day to day that moves the systems forward to actually accomplish the mission. Your people are going to thrive under the structure and clarity. And not only... Will they make major steps towards progress, but the chaos and the conflict, that's all going to die down. So be kind to your family and your team.
by providing clarity and establishing structure through systems and processes. So as a leader, it's your job to provide clarity and establish structure to overcome chaos and conflict. And the strategy is to develop those simple and standardized systems and processes that are sustainable. So the steps we've talked about to deploy the strategy so far is first, identify the gaps that you, your family, and your organization have within the five domains of impact. Without paying attention to self, relationships, and culture, no strategy will work. Second, you need to define your systems or critical elements that explain how you're going to accomplish your mission. And third, you need to develop simple, standardized processes that are sustainable. Do not over-engineer that so that there is a clear structure around what the day-to-day work is that moves the organization towards progress. And finally, our fourth step is to train your people on the systems and processes and allow them to refine the processes. So in step three, we create a clarity of structure by creating those processes. But you still have to train people on those processes. You can't just say, here's the plan, now go get them, tiger, and think that they're going to be successful. You have to explain what your expectation is through those processes. So let's go back to our hero and his team on a mission to save the hostage. He can't tell his plan to the team, but not ensure that they're trained on how to use weapons and comms and even best practices in recovery. He also wouldn't send his team on a mission without a clear picture of what the hostage even looks like. Can you imagine them saving the wrong person? Our hero and his team would conduct training all year long to prepare for missions like the hostage situation. Not only do military soldiers need that constant training, but your employees and your kids also need it. They need to, one, understand what's expected of them, and two, get feedback for encouragement and improvement. For example, and please hear my teacher's heart on this, you cannot send an employee to a one-day training and think that he or she is going to be successful in implementing a process with fidelity. They need not only time to work through the implementation, but a support system for coaching and receiving feedback. People don't naturally want to suck at their job. And all too often, we don't provide the clarity, the training, and the follow-up coaching needed for them to actually be successful. So guess what? Yeah, some people start sucking at their jobs. It's not their fault. It's the leader's fault. Likewise, you can't tell your kids to go clean their rooms and assume that their standard of cleanliness (laughs) meets your standard of cleanliness. You need to train them on what your standard for a clean room is and then provide feedback when they say they're done. So as you plan out your training for your processes, provide ample time for training, questions, and then provide even more clarity and definitely provide coaching. After your team, employees, and kids get the hang of implementing with fidelity (laughs) the processes required in their work, then allow them the autonomy to refine those processes to make them even more efficient. All too often, people in positions of power are demanding, buying, or even creating processes for their employees without ever talking to or asking feedback from those that actually do the work. That's dumb. (laughs) Empower those that implement the processes to find ways to make it more efficient. Of course, you need to approve or sign off on it, sure, but still empower them to make the process more efficient. So here's an example for home. 
Each of us has a chore list, right? I told you that. But honestly, I don't care in what order the chores get done. And mostly, I don't care about the small details of how it gets done. I don't care. At the end of the day, I want whoever is washing the dishes to produce clean dishes. Do I care if they use the dishwasher or if they hand wash them? No. (laughs) At the end of the day, if my kid can come up with a better way of getting their chores done, more power to them. (laughs) As long as I have clean dishes to eat off of and there is no dirty laundry shoved into a closet or under a bed, I'm good. I know that we have covered so much in today's podcast, but like I said earlier, systems and processes are typically the weak link in every business, organization, and family. And without clarity and structure, chaos will reign. And with chaos comes its partner conflict. In order to accomplish your mission, make sure you're not playing the victim to your circumstances, but you're being the hero that provides clarity and establishes structure to overcome chaos and conflict by building your life and leadership on Essential Rock number three, systems and processes. In order to implement Essential Rock number three, you need to do four things. One, identify the gaps you, your family, and your organization have within the five domains of impact. Because again, without paying attention to self, relationships, and culture, no strategy will win. Two, Define your systems or critical elements that explain how you're going to accomplish your mission. Three, develop simple standardized processes that are sustainable so that there is a clear structure around what the day-to-day work is that moves the organization towards progress. And four, train your people on the processes and allow them to refine those processes. If your organization, team, or family is a hot dead gum mess (laughs) and you have no idea where to start in developing systems and processes, I feel you first of all. I've been there, done that. (laughs) But your first step, honestly, is just find the hot spots. Make a full list of all the pain points that are causing the chaos and then start prioritizing them. Now, if you're truly dealing with a hot mess, then your list of hot spots may be really long. If this is the case, just remember, The only way to eat an elephant is one bite at a time. So take action on the one hot spot that can burn your figurative house down if you don't put out those flames. Being the hero that starts with one step of action to provide clarity and structure through systems and processes is always better than being a victim that complains about the status quo but doesn't take action at all. Be intentional in implementing essential rock number three, systems and processes, and your team will quickly move from surviving to thriving, from anxiety towards peace. They're going to go from being stressed to becoming efficient. And they're going to go from playing the victim who wishes for change to becoming their own heroes that are making change happen. Remember, people thrive with clarity and structure. So implement essential rock number three, systems and processes. Until next time, continue putting in the work of building your life and leadership on the rocks, the essential rocks. God bless. Hey, it's Bethany again. Thank you so much for taking this journey with me as we walk through how to build our lives and leadership on the essential rocks. 
Y'all, I am absolutely bursting at the seams in anticipation to tell you what I've been creating for you the last few months. For now though, all I can say is this, new leaders out there, I hear you. I hear how overwhelmed you are and how you're spending your day putting out fires only to have to do the other part of your job after hours. And I'm creating something that will shut that overwhelm down. I can't wait to share it with you. So keep listening and be the first to know how to overcome overwhelm as a leader. Remember, the most essential rock you can build your life and leadership on is the rock of Jesus Christ. Today's Bible verse comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. Christ. 